Hello, this is Kenya, and welcome to my magical cottagecore life. Today, we're going to talk about something that you can do at home if you're a little crafty and like to work with your hands, or something somebody else might want to do. And just because they wouldn't necessarily be quote-unquote authentic, that doesn't mean it's not something you would enjoy and something you could do with your friends. You know, there are very many folk ways that are being lost in this country and in the world. Things that we may never have heard about if we don't run across people who know about them. But it doesn't mean it needs to stay that way. Lost things have a tendency to stay lost unless we make a concerted effort to preserve them, especially folk ways. So, open up your big book of stuff and turn to the section on folk art practices because today we're going to talk about hobo nickels. Let's get started. You know, Father's Day is coming up soon and Coffee Brand Coffee has you covered They have an amazing Father's Day uh, deal going on where you can buy a package of of any size that has coffee and treats all together in a bundle. And it's an amazing gift to give to the man in your life who serves in the role of being a father or father figure. This can also include grandfathers too, great-grandfathers or uncles or other close family members who have stepped up and took the, taken the place that's necessary to be a father in the life of a child or children. Coffee Brand Coffee is processed and roasted here in the United States, and it's fresh coffee. It's good coffee. It's really tasty coffee, as a matter of fact. Coffee Brand Coffee also is one of those kinds of companies that you don't have to worry about them getting involved in politics. They are concerned only with coffee and making a good cup of coffee at that. I personally found my own particular bundle. Um, I customized it because I know what my husband likes best. So I decided to put it together with some consultation with my daughter so far to see what would be the best combination because he really loves coffee and I just thought this would be the best gift for him rather than just cologne again. It's something he can enjoy and something that I know will resonate with him. I recommend highly that you check out Coffee Brand Coffee. We have our own promotional code uh, and we have a link. The link will appear in the description of this episode and as always, our promotional code that will get you a discount is Cottage Core with a capital C, the rest all lowercase. All right, let's get back to the show. Now, for some of you, you may not be familiar with the term hobo. Some of you the only familiarity you may have with it is the hobo bag. That's that image of a person wandering around, usually in cartoons or in media, with the disheveled clothing or old clothing, and a long rod or a stick 
that they have over their shoulder. And on that stick or rod or staff, you'll see a bundle of cloth hanging from the end behind them. And that cloth is usually either a handkerchief or just like a small blanket or just a bundle of cloth. And inside it is implied that all their cooking possessions or worldly possessions that aren't in their pockets are in that bundle. And that is what we generally feel is the most common depiction of an American hobo. Now, hobo culture is very rich. It's old. Its tradition is way back here in the United States. But I want to point out a few things. Being a tramp or a hobo, that's not always the same, but, you know, people confuse them. But in general, people used to refer to hobos as tramps or as vagabonds, as drifters or travelers. But understand, each of those terms is very different. or people who wander from place to place. It's not about necessarily being out of doors because you don't have anywhere to go inside. Many times, for many of them, it's not forced homelessness. It's a desire to wander about. It's a need to see what there is out there to see. And there is a hobo culture. There's an entire culture. And why are we talking about it on a Cottagecore website, right? Or on our podcast? The reason is, is that this is just as much a part of this whole landscape as anything else. It is a measure of folk life that is part of the entire thing. Just like there are migratory birds, there are migratory people. And they have just as rich of a history, and they have habits, they have different kinds of art, they have songs and music, they have things that are created just for them, including written languages. There are hobo signs and hobo markers. And it's so different to what you may see every day. But if you're living a simple life, but you also are you know, wandering or enjoying what's out here, inevitably you will find that you discover parts of life that you might not have looked for in your regular habits. And if you're in a rural setting, there is a strong chance that one day you may run across a hobo camp or you may interact with people in that culture. And it's good to know and treat everyone with kindness. I may have some listeners who are in the hobo lifestyle. I know you're out there. I know at least one. Hi. (laughs) And it's something that it's not a character 
issue. It's simply living with the heart desires. And not everyone lives as a hobo full time. Some people travel only on certain parts of year. Some people travel or hit the roads and the rails for certain seasons. One of the most common things is that they do tend to go by train in many places. And no, it's not necessarily illegal boarding of the train. But that's that's one thing to, to keep in mind, that rail is very much a part of this. In addition to this, there are some people who wander about by foot and interact with the hobo culture and hobo peoples. And it's, it's just a, a, a weird intersection. If you'd like to look up someone who would be seen as not a hobo, but a vagabond, in not in a bad way, but you can look up the myth of the leather man. Well, actually, that wasn't a myth. That was a real person, the leather man. But there's mythos wrapped around him. He lived uh, in the 1800s. Out, you know, in New England, but he would have this circuit he did for years, spoke very little, and his life was entirely of wandering this roundabout circuit. So, you know, you need to understand there's different ways of being. Not everyone wants to stay at home. And for some people, the road is their home. The rails are their home. for examples like the hobo nickel is not something uniquely from the United States or the Americas. And I don't want you to believe that that's what I'm trying to say. But in this country specifically, I'm referring to using American money to make these works of art known as hobo nickels. And the reason that I keep pointing out nickel, because it's usually hobo nickels, um, using a nickel is because that coin was larger and the nickel was softer making it easier for people to do things to. And what did they do? They made beautiful alterations. They were tiny little sculptures. And these sculptures would be anything from making Lady Liberty sit on a potty to putting a cap on certain figures, uh, you know, historical presidents or whatnot. But the buffalo nickel was the one that really took off. I mean, that was the one everybody remembers was the buffalo coin. And there were so many variations and it took a lot of time to make these sculptures. And they don't lose their cash value. They just become sculptures. And stories were told about these wonderful artists. And it is something that people collect even now. Now, if you want to really look into this, there are some great artists and in this particular case, even though this is a relief sculpture, and so therefore it's a form of sculpting, 
this is really more so known along the line of engraving. And two of the greats would have been Bert and Beau. And that would be Bertram Wigand, or Wigand, and George Washington Hughes. And they started way back, like in the 1910s, and they made quite a few pieces. Now, of course, you know that they're gone by now. It's already 2023, so you're not going to be able to walk up to them and ask them about it. But they, they are some of the greats who created a lot of, um, a lot of engravings that people collect to this day. And, and even though the buffalo head nickel here had gone out of uh, being minted, they still continued to work in that median, although later they had to make some adjustments to what they were working on because new coins did come out. still carving or engraving these coins as late as the 80s. In 1981 though, uh, and I'm, I'm using the 80s loosely because in 1981 uh, Bo disappeared from being able to see, be seen. So we don't know if Bo died. I, I believe he would have passed on is the belief, but we really don't know. We, no one had heard from him again, but in the later years, uh, toward Bo's later years, you can imagine that buffalo head nickels were very difficult to find. And at that time, he had to go to coin dealers in order to find buffalo head nickels for him to do the engravings on. And his work is very easy to spot from collectors. At this time, people are still making the engravings, the sculptures, but the, there's a large difference in the styles. And they're doing them also in other coins. Now you could buy some buffalo head nickels if you find collectors, but finding one is not the easiest thing all the time. Many of the ones out there for sale are brand new. And if you're into it for the nostalgia, you're gonna have to do some detective work. disappeared a book came out in 1982 I believe and I think it was called Hobo Nichols I'm pretty sure and I did look it up and that, that's what I was told and I had already heard that but I wanted to make sure and you can look that book up yourself and that was when a turning point came in the community between the old school or the original uh, run of history and the new school and in the new school people started imitating Bo's work and they made quite a few so you want to be careful uh, when you go collecting these nickels if you decide to to find out when the nickels were engraved the especially if they're after 1981 you can just about guarantee that you know they didn't come out till after 81, then you know you know that that, that Bo didn't do them. The other thing is that to me is uh, very important is that when you start collecting anything and you decide to try your hand at it, it's good to know the culture and the history of, of why these came about 
and where they were circulated and why and the joy and the um, the energy put into the art because it is very much a, a folk art so I recommend maybe just as you know as an aside maybe a, a day of reading for you to take some time out in your garden or in your kitchen and give yourself a little indulgence and read about the history of this because it's really fascinating. I would like to say that I keep saying it's a form of engraving, but that's not truly correct. And there may be some engraving. It depends on the tools that they use because some people do engrave. But the majority of people weren't really engraving. They were actually shaving these. They were carving pieces away. And that's different. And that's actually carving. So even though I'm saying that they are sculptures, they're engravings, the correct term would be carvings. And I don't want you to say the wrong thing because I don't want my friends to sound you know, incorrect in public, and we're friends, right? There's very few things that are as uncomfortable as being corrected in public after you listen to someone you trust to tell you the wrong thing. So I want you to know very much uh, that accuracy is important. So in general, many people will refer to these as carvings. Some will refer to them as sculpting. Because to me, you know, some of them are so 3D, but they actually are, they're carvings. They are. Um, I know someone who takes them and like, they put, they put holes in the coins and they can stand them up the inside. And, but that's not a true hobo nickel. And I got into a lazy habit of calling it that. But I want to make sure that we're clear on this as we go forward through the episode. into a little bit more that you need to know um, some important things bow is short for hobo so take of that what you will if you um think about the fact that bow called himself bow and not George let's talk about tramps uh, the term the difference is a hobo usually would work they were a migratory worker whereas a tramp was generally known as someone who did not wish to work so there's a difference there. Something else to keep in mind is that, in general, there are different sorts of people who would seem, be seen as hobos. Some strictly stood to moving around the Midwest in the Central Plains, some along the docks. Those on the docks had a different, uh, I guess, nickname. And you've probably heard of it. And they're called beachcombers. They're the people who migrate around docks and seaports. Yeah, you didn't you didn't think about that. Now the word beachcomber has a different kind of thought and name behind it, but that was really uh, for those more along the lines of the the sea areas for hobos. You know, it's important to be as respectful as possible when we use those terms because an entire group of people have come to use those terms as part of a 
shared language, a shared way of communicating what they mean. And I would hope that Bo, George, who has gone away, would appreciate people, you know, speaking well of him and his art. And I believe in 1981, he did catch the Westbound, um, and that would be to pass away. So I wish him well on his travels. If you found this episode fascinating and about along the line of what you're interested in when it comes to American folkways, I highly recommend you look up a little bit more about hobo culture. In Iowa every year, on the second weekend in August, in a little town called Brit, they have a hobo convention, and it's been happening since 1900, and that's a long time. They elect a hobo king, a hobo queen, so all of our bows and monicas get together, and they actually wind up having a long talk and a lot of fellowship and food and fun. They catch up with old friends. They, I guess, hold court sometimes. It's really one of the things about the hidden parts of our heritage here that is in existence but seems to be forgotten about by those not directly involved. I do recommend you look into it, if for no other reason than to be better connected with your fellow humans here on this big blue ball as we hurdle through space. Maybe if you are so inclined and you have time, grow a little extra in your garden if you live near a train yard and there's a hobo jungle near you and you might be moved to leave every once in a while some boxes of fresh vegetables out with a little sign from the hobo symbol dictionary for food or safe or just a note that says free for hobos I look forward to seeing you here again and um, I hope you felt safe here too if you're one of my hobo listeners be safe out there the world needs you and loves you and I'll see you here again on the uh, airwaves on my magical cottagecore life. <laughs>